0: Welcome to The Purpose Effect, a podcast about the impact we create when we build lives and businesses of purpose. I'm Elena Kersey, and I'm on a mission to learn how we can build better, better work, stronger communities, a healthier planet. If you believe there's a better world out there waiting for us, then this podcast is for you.
1: I guess when we think about sustainable businesses, the first thing that we might think about is An environmentally friendly product or how something is made. But sustainability is really how can we maintain a business for the long term that supports the planet, that supports the community and still makes a profit.
0: So happy 2023. Is it too late to be saying that? I personally feel that January went by so quickly that it didn't even happen. Anyway, I am definitely excited to be back in my podcasting chair and kicking off 2023 with a brand new season. I really believe that this year is gonna be a big year for purpose-driven business. Study after study is showing that people, and in particular women and younger workers, young millennials and Gen Z, want to work for businesses that have a purpose beyond profit. And another person who believes that we're shifting towards purpose and this is someone who we all really should listen to, is John Elkington. John Elkington is a world-renowned authority on sustainability and corporate responsibility. He's actually the person who came up with the term triple bottom line. He believes that we're at a paradigm shift, a moment of change, and that the COVID-19 pandemic has accelerated a move towards a more regenerative capitalism. One of the strongest signs that I've seen recently that the way we view business and the role we expect businesses to play in our societies is changing is the growth of the B Corp movement, which is what today's episode is all about. I'm talking to Jen Gearing, who is a B Corp consultant and the founder of Regenerate. Regenerate is a consultancy that helps businesses navigate the B Corp certification process and adopt more sustainable practices. If you're new to the world of B Corp's, these are businesses that voluntarily meet very high standards for social and environmental performance. They include businesses that you might expect, like Patagonia and The Body Shop, but also some you might not, like, controversially, Nespresso. And Jen and I will get into that later in the episode. B-Corps also often outperform their non-B-Corp competitors. In fact, B-Corps were 64% more likely than other businesses to survive the last recession in 2008. So doing good business is just good business. In our chat, Jen and I talk about the pathway to B Corp status and the fact that you don't need to be a big business to get certified. Small businesses and even solopreneurs can work towards B Corp certification. But to begin with, we talk about how Jen started on this journey in the first place.
1: I can't actually... Remember when? I think it was probably about 2017. A friend was telling me um, about some work that a friend of hers was doing and they were going through the B Corp certification process. So I Googled it, I looked it up and I just became hooked from that stage. And then what I also noticed was that some of the products that I were buying, I would then notice the B Lab logo, the B Corp logo on them. Um so yeah, that was it, it was a bit of a fluke really, but the more research that I did um around what the certification is and what B Corp stood for,
0: it just seemed right to me. It felt natural. And what were you doing at the time that you decided that this was something you wanted to pursue full time? You wanted to change career and move into this space?
1: Yeah, I've I've always been very fortunate that in my corporate roles I've Taken opportunities as they've come to me and, and I've gone and you know sort things out. But really, there's still in the back of my head, there was this nagging feeling that these companies are great, but we are focused on one stakeholder, and that is the investor. And to yeah. me, that just didn't feel right. As I've got older, I've um and you know, after COVID as well, I've I've reassessed what's really important to me, um, what I wanted to do. So Earlier this year, I applied for the B-Lab B Consultant Program through Australia and New Zealand B-Lab. I was accepted onto that program and really felt at the time, this is for me. So I can incorporate everything that I've learned from corporate experience and I can put my passion together and then I can help small businesses. So while I've been a conscious consumer for many years, and really aware of what I'm purchasing and where I'm purchasing from, it was really the beginning of 2022 um, that I decided I'm going to make a change in how I operate, how I live my daily life. And that's how it all came about.
0: So let's just backtrack a little bit and talk about what exactly is the B Corp movement? And what is a B Corp? Great question.
1: (laughs) So, a B Corp is a company that voluntarily meets high standards for social and environmental performance. So, there's a lot of frameworks out there at the moment that companies can you know, go for and they can follow their frameworks, but they might only be recognised in one area. It might be for being good employers or it might be for protecting the environment. B Corp looks at the company holistically. So, the standards are developed and independently monitored, and they look at the company's impact across a range of areas. So there's governance, workers, community, environment, and customers. So it really looks mm-hmm. at how, how you can create impact along your whole business operations and your business model. And how does the certification
0: process work?
1: There's a few things that a company needs to do to become certified. Uh, It's not easy um, and it's very intentional (laughs) that it's not easy. The first thing is that there is a performance requirement. So what that means is that companies or businesses must do a impact assessment, which is a free online tool that anyone can access. Depending on what track you're on, there's about 120 questions that you need to answer. And you need to provide evidence for all of those questions as well. You need to go through and come out with a score of more than 80 points. And once you've got the 80 points, you're then eligible to submit. Now, a lot of companies, when they do their first pass at the impact assessment, they'll come out with a score of 50 or 60. That's not uncommon. Still means that they're a very good business getting that final 20 points or 25 points to get across the line to submit your application takes a lot of work. It's not um, unachievable because there's over 6,000 B Corps globally now, but it does mean that businesses need to dedicate time and resources to make some significant changes in their business. So once, once you've submitted, once you've hit 80 points, the B Lab team then have a look. They go through and they verify everything and that will be done via phone calls, Zoom meetings um, and looking at all the documentation that you've provided. That can take several months to go through. So, there is a big queue at the moment and the, and the waiting time can be several months. It's a good, good problem to have. Yeah. Once you do get through the certification, you know it's fantastic. You then need to change your legal documents. So, this is a key part of the certification requirement, is that you're adopting a legal framework to embed purpose and consider all stakeholders in your company. And then the final thing for certification is transparency. So, you need to make your your B-impact score, so that's from the assessment, you make that transparent on the B Corp directory so everyone can see what you've scored in each of the five different areas. It's a rigorous process. It can take a while,
0: but it's so worthwhile for companies to do. So you basically, you need a minimum of 80 points to submit, um, to be considered basically. And I guess, do you need to maintain those 80 points in order to keep your status? Absolutely. Recertification
1: happens every three years. So you do need to... For the first time you can certify with 82 points. In three years' time, the expectation is that your business will continue to evolve and you will continue to make greater impact as your business becomes more mature. So, you know, that's that's the great thing, is that every three years you recertify and then you
0: can see your score increase as well. Okay. So, what are the goals of the B Corp movement then? Is the idea that eventually every business could become a B Corp? That would be utopia um, if
1: that was the case. (laughs) Um, To to put things in perspective at the moment, there is globally at this point in time just over 6,000 companies worldwide who are B Corp's. There is over 200,000 active assessments ongoing. Wow. So it is definitely growing. It's not to say that every company or every one of those 200,000 are going to go through to certify, but there is definitely a movement happening. Um, There is, you know, lots of activity and lots of people being aware of what B Corp is.
0: Yeah, and that suggests that that's 200,000 businesses with serious intention, right? Serious intention to change the way they make business decisions or make business decisions in a way that will create more positive impact for for people and planet. So even if not all 200,000 of those businesses achieve certification now, they're on that pathway. They might in three years' time or five years' time.
1: Absolutely. And one of the wonderful things about the certification is the framework and the assessment is free. So regardless of the size of your business or if you're making money or if you're not making money, you can still use this online tool to measure your impact right now. You only pay when you actually want to certify. So right. okay. in terms of the availability of people to assess how they're going, it's, it's there. It's available for everyone right now.
0: Okay. And then once you if you want to certify, if you achieve your 80 points and you're able to certify, what are the costs involved there? There is an application fee,
1: and what happens is that application fee will cover the B lab team coming and doing the verification. So at this point, you're not paying anything extra. So it's it's really a here is our submission and can you please go and check that we've done it correctly? Um, that also depends on your revenue. Okay. So B-Lab recognized that it's not going to be a one size fits all. You could have a big company and you could have a, a solo, a sole trader. They're not going to be charged the same amount. So if we look at the, the Asia region where we are at the moment, it's a 350 USD application fee. Then if you get through the, the whole submission process, then you pay annual fees and again, they're tied to the revenue. So, all of that information is always available on the B-Lab websites, and their annual fees that you pay, and that money is, you know, it's it's helping with all of the marketing and all of the community support that you get from B-Lab as well, and also covers their costs in making sure that
0: all companies are still meeting the, the requirements each year. So, there's a, almost a tension that I see in the fact that it is quite a rigorous uh, application process and it should be a rigorous application process because it otherwise you're encouraging sort of purpose washing or greenwashing. But on the flip side, does the barrier to doing good by doing business, does that need to come at such a high barrier to entry? Why pursue B Corp certification? Why not just do good?
1: I think a lot of businesses, especially the ones initially who became B Corps, saw this as, wow, we're already doing this now anyway, so let's just formalise what we're doing. You know, the more that the movement grew, it then get, gains attention from those companies who think, I want to do good. So those companies who, who want to do good are prepared to pay for that because it comes with a recognition. And there's lots of studies that are indicating that B Corp companies, B Corp businesses are actually making better profits than non-B Corp companies. Obviously, we're looking at a much smaller, you know, group of of companies. But if you compare or if you look at the turnover and and the profitability of the B Corps, a lot of them are significantly higher um, than non-B Corps. I think in terms of the barrier to entry, the fact that It's a free online tool. That is where B-Lab are also different from other frameworks and that they're prepared to give their framework out there for people to go and do um, without having to to pay for that. So while it does, you know, the more money that you want to make, um, you know, you might want to be able to donate some of that to charity and donate to um, local communities, um, which is a lot of what the B-Corp companies are doing, there are so many other things that you can do within your business that aren't going to cost a lot of money as well.
0: Yeah. Another upside that I was reading about is from a talent acquisition perspective. In terms of recruiting people, if you have B Corp certification, particularly younger workers, that is really attractive to them. I think younger workers, more than anyone else, workers under the age of 35, working for a business that has clear purpose mission is really important.
1: Absolutely, definitely. And and again, there's lots of studies, um, you know, we can share links in the content after, lots of studies that do support that
0: as well. Yeah. So without criticizing the movement overall, I think it's important to address that it's not without controversy. I mean, there have been some examples of businesses which have had in the past allegations of things like uh, wage theft, or poor working conditions, for example, Nespresso, which recently, in early 2022, achieved B Corp certification. Are these allegations baseless or is it that when you're going through the certification, not the entire supply chain is looked at? How are businesses like Nespresso able to achieve certification? The Nespresso situation is so interesting. It caused
1: such a rift amongst the the B Corp community um, amongst my B consultant community, there was lots of lots of discussion, healthy healthy debate, and definitely, you know, I think there was a, a group of B corps who wrote a letter. And what's really interesting here is, look, I, I can't comment on some of those allegations, not having definite knowledge about um, how they're supposed to run their business. But what I do know is that B Lab have got a very very high verification framework that they would need to have met everything and, and shown evidence of everything that they've said they've done. The way the standards currently work is that there is five sections and you need to, to meet that minimum 80 points across the five sections. So not every business is going to be really strong in all five areas. They might be stronger in one than the other. But still, when you look at Nespresso, they did achieve very high scores across. They were quite consistent. So, with Nespresso, there and every publicly listed company who gets B Corp certification, they need to take extra steps. So, they have to publicly show their report and every response to their assessment goes public. They have to go through a lot more disclosure questionnaires than private companies do And, you know, anyone can go on and have a look at what Nespresso have selected as their their responses. There is still a a lot of discussion around whether they should have achieved certification or not. But what I think is important here and with all big businesses is they can create ripples of change. And we should be applauding them for the great work that they have done in all of the other areas. And... Certainly, big business have that power to make influential changes as well. So, yeah, I, I guess I'm, I'm probably on the fence with this one, to, to be 100% honest, because I, I love the fact that we're seeing some big businesses and it took them about two and a half years to get certified. So, there was a lot of investment um, and a lot of dedication by the teams there. And what it does is a company like Nespresso globally has thousands of employees. So, that means now thousands of people are also aware of what B Corp means. Those employees can keep that company accountable for maintaining the high standards that they need to. Other big companies, other B Corp communities will be keeping an eye on Nespresso to say, you have to pick your socks up and you have to keep working towards this. So, it is going to be, they they will be under a lot of internal scrutiny by other B Corps, which is a good thing. There is another company that actually lost their certification, another big company in the UK. So B-Lab aren't just giving them the tick and then stepping back. They are continually watching what's happening and they will investigate any allegations that come across their table to the point where one company in the UK recently lost their certification um, because we want to be able to maintain The leadership that these B Corps are trying to create globally.
0: And I think it's also important that big businesses like Nespresso and Danone, for example, are pursuing B Corp certification and creating that transparency in the market and um, putting themselves in a position where they are held to account, not just by B Corp, but by other businesses. I also feel that we maybe need to step away from this idea that if you're a business for good, you're a certain type of business, you're a social enterprise or you're an NGO, but big businesses are just not able to work in that space. But actually, those are exactly the kinds of businesses that need to be in this space because that they create ripples. And if the goal is for all businesses in the world to want to have triple bottom lines and achieve B Corp certification, you're not going to get there if you're just looking at NGOs, social enterprises. I mean, in one way, you could say that uh, Nespresso is becoming a social enterprise. You have to be looking at the really big organizations as well, because that's what's going to create waves of change throughout business communities globally.
1: Absolutely. One thing that is interesting is that the standards are going to change in 2024. So the way that the assessment works at the moment is the 80 point minimum through a list of questions. From 2024, the standards will change to be removing the 80 points and it's going to be minimum thresholds for companies of different sizes and in different industries. At the moment, the draft standards have been circulated to stakeholders. There's been multiple feedback sessions across a, about a five-month period. So now, I guess, you know, from a consultant perspective, I'm working with clients to make sure that we can complete their assessments by 2023 because we know what the expectations are. We know what, what the standards are. From 2024, it potentially could become more difficult So, B Lab are continuing to upgrade their own standards as well. As the world is changing, they need to change what is acceptable. So, that's just something to look for. So, I I guess that might address some concerns that people have around, well, a minimum 80 points could be too easy for a company like Nespresso, but in the future, we will all be subject to minimum requirements. And that will depend on what size, and just what size company you are and what industry you're in. I don't know. I don't have any detail, though, about how they're rolling it out, which part of 2024. Um, it's all to be confirmed.
0: I want to talk about other businesses, which they're either small businesses or they're businesses, which could be service businesses that don't offer a obviously sustainable product. Can those businesses still achieve certification? Do you have examples of these kinds of businesses?
1: Absolutely. I guess when we think about sustainable businesses, the first thing that we might think about is an environmentally friendly product or how something is made. But sustainability is really how can we maintain a business for the long term that supports the planet, that supports the community and still makes a profit So there's many cases of service-based businesses. There's insurance companies, there's consultancy firms, there's tech companies. It's all definitely possible. My small business of just me, I'm doing the impact assessment myself at the moment. Um, So
0: yeah, you you can be a sole trader and, and you can still achieve certification. So, and if you are a small business, like for example, your consulting business, what kinds of things should you be thinking about at the early stages, maybe when you're still a sole trader, what kinds of things can you be thinking about if the long-term goal is to become a B Corp or even if the, you know, short-term goal is to become a B Corp? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's, it's really about documenting a lot of the things that you do. So a lot of the times, um, small business will, we'll just get going and we'll start and they will be making some amazing contributions to community or to volunteer work charities, but nothing is documented. Now, the whole verification part with BLAB is that they want to see how are you doing that? What is your governance around how you're running your business? So, document what you can. Document your commitment to how many hours of volunteer work you might do document how you will choose your suppliers. Are you, are you screening your suppliers on what their environmental and, and social impact is as well? Energy usage, start to track what your electricity bills are. Um, start to track, if you can, how much waste are you providing? Even if you're in a little home office, just start to track that. Try to buy local. If you have local suppliers, try to buy local as much as possible if you have employees, get that employee handbook set up. So, the employee handbook would cover all of the things, all of your policies that impact your people, document what benefits they have, document um, what additional benefits you're going to give people. So, it's very much formalising what you do and it doesn't need to be a lot of work Um, and there is hundreds and hundreds of templates available online as well. So for small business, don't be put off. Don't think that it's it's too big because it's not.
0: <laughs> okay. I mean, you and I have talked about this before, but I also want to go through the process of starting starting this work. Great to know that there's lots of templates available to help me track how much energy I might be using. I have no idea. And yeah. I don't even know where to start in trying to track that.
1: There, There is calculators out there that Small companies can use for free to track their greenhouse gases. The other thing actually I want to add is set targets. So once you have actually got a baseline of how much energy you're using or how many kilometers are you driving in your car for to go see clients, once you've got a baseline for that, set a target for what you might want to reduce for the next year, because that also goes a long way in showing that you've got a baseline and you're making impact, you're creating change because you can see the change that you're making year upon year or month upon month.
0: You got certified as a B Corp consultant only at the beginning of 2022, but are you already seeing through going through this process ways that you can improve or things that you unexpectedly aren't doing as well at as you thought you might be? Absolutely.
1: <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm no different to, to anyone else who started up a new business. I also jumped in there. And when, I'm sitting, when I take that step back, I think, wow, I, I have done a, a donation to this charity based on revenue that I'm making, but I haven't formalized it. So, let me, let me take that step back and, and do that. There's, you know, some things that I also find challenging, you know, being that one person, And that's something else to note that because I don't have any employees working for me, I don't have the worker section of the impact assessment opened up. So, I don't have any questions that relate to workers. I don't miss out on points. Those points are redistributed through the assessment. So, I might get extra points for the fact that my business is female owned. Um, I might get extra points for the fact that I will buy my stationery from the local supplier rather than going online and getting it shipped through Amazon or something like that.
0: Yeah. So for businesses like yours, which don't have employees, um, but might use subcontractors or freelancers, is the impact that those subcontractors or freelancers might be using in their own space does that contribute to your score? Do you need to be a little bit more intentional about which freelancers or subcontractors you choose to work with?
1: Yes. So if I choose my business model to only work with social enterprises, for example, or only work with companies whose mission is purpose-led, I will then get extra points for that because I am making a conscious decision to choose who I work with. The same if I was a, if I had a product and I was sourcing my product through companies that have um, certifications, FSC, for example, for trees, then I would get points for that because I am making a business decision to choose from an ethical supplier as well. So while I personally don't have the certification, it still helps my assessment because they're my partners and I'm choosing them.
0: Yeah. When you think about all of the things that you've learned over the course of 2022, all of the things that you've learned by going through the B-Lab consult program and then also what you've done with your clients, what do you think or what do you hope that the future of business will look like?
1: I, I think that the future of business will see us actually looking deeper into where we spend our money, as, as a consumer but also as a business owner. I see a lot of businesses coming together to support each other to then build small communities who will buy from each other and who will create sort of like a mini network. I see a lot of that. I think what's what's been really insightful is just seeing the level of genuine authenticity in people saying, I really want to go for this certification because I know that I'm doing right and I want to be recognised for doing that. So that brings me a lot of joy to to work with clients like that who genuinely want to achieve a certification because they want to stand out as leaders in their field.
0: So by these small communities which work with other purpose-led businesses, whether or not they're B Corps, they might be at an earlier stage. They might be looking to pursue that at some point, but the fact that they're working together and collaborating and looking to purchase services off each other, it's a different variation, I guess, on an old boys' network, right? It's not buying from each other (laughs) and working together because you went to school together. It's because you have this uh, common desire uh, for how you do business, and I think that's wonderful. I think if the new old boys network becomes a purpose-led business network, surely we all benefit.
1: I, I love that analogy. I hadn't thought of it like that before, but that's exactly right. You will stick to your community because you know you know what they they stand for. Yeah. So, what makes you feel on purpose? I think I touched on it earlier that it's when I'm working with companies who who just believe in what they're doing and they know that they're doing the right thing and, and they have that genuine desire to be better and to learn. So that makes me feel on purpose and that makes me feel really happy.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that feeling like you're moving the needle, even if it's just by a little bit, is, is so motivating. And, and can you tell me about a time when you trusted your gut?
1: When I, when I finished school... I got into university but I I didn't go to start with then I went and worked in a bank for 12 months and I was 17 and I was working every day with really really old people who in actual fact were about 35 um, <laughs> and I just I just knew that this wasn't right for me I then after 12 months just left um I I knew it wasn't right so <laughs> I then went and studied hospitality. I loved it. And then I went and travelled for two years, um, went over to the UK and Europe um, and travelled for two years. And I think that was probably the best advice that my parents gave me because it opened up my eyes to some, you know, a completely different world. And then I've continued to love travel ever since.
0: Yes, I agree. Great life advice there, I guess, from your parents. And travel, in addition to opening your eyes, It helps you work with lots of different kinds of people and understand the value in diverse thought, I think. What about business advice? What's the best business advice you've ever received?
1: Don't wait until your business is perfect. Don't wait until your website is 100% ready. Just do it. Just take the MVP approach. Get Get a basic website up there for presents start with a pricing model that you you'll start and then you can adjust as you go on so and and that's been really good for me and I've got a little sticky sticky note on my computer that just says progress is better than perfection and that just keeps yes. me going every day is don't wait till it's perfect because I'll never be ready then
0: it will never be perfect <laughs> yeah i think that's great advice I have delayed launching things so many times because I've been waiting to be, for them to be perfect. But actually, if you can get comfortable with putting something out there that's not perfect, you learn so much.
1: Absolutely. And then it, it really inspires me to go, okay, I've got it out there. I have to keep iterating and I have to keep making it better rather than just letting it stay stagnant.
0: Yeah. So it also holds you accountable, I think, because yeah, now it's there exactly. and you've got to yes. evolve it. <laughs> exactly. So what's next for you? What's next for you and Regenerate? What can we look forward to seeing over the course of this year?
1: So I'm super fortunate that I'm, I'm getting clients through word of mouth, um, which is, you know, really positive and, and I'm loving the clients that I'm getting what I'm looking at next year. I'm going to start a group program, So, I understand that some people don't have the money to do a consultant for six months on a fortnightly basis. So, what I'm going to do is start a program where we can have a few people together Um, and I will, over a six-week period, take you through the impact assessment. I will take you through what each section entails, what sort of evidence is needed for the verification stage. Um, I'll talk you through... the questions actually mean because sometimes they can be a little bit unclear. The benefit of doing a program like that is that you can have your own mini community um, and there'll be other people in the same situation. So, I guess, you know, Regenerate is is all about changing as well and, you know, if if I start this mini program, I'm also looking at doing sort of day events as well. Um, Get people together for a day and we can do sort of a, a detailed uh, review of their impact assessment where I can help them. So, um, yeah, looking forward to to what's coming up.
0: Yeah, that's exciting. And will that group program be available to business owners all around the world or are you focusing specifically on ones that are either here in Malaysia or in Southeast Asia?
1: I will open that up to, to global. So I, I will be, it obviously depends on time zones, <laughs> but yeah, it's going to be
0: available for, for anyone. And I will be putting links to that in the show notes. Um, look, Jen, thank you so much for this conversation. I've really enjoyed it. What a great way to kick off the year. And I'm looking forward to hearing and seeing what comes out of your program. So thank you so much.
1: Thank you very much for your time.
0: I loved speaking to Jen and I love what she's doing and I love that she's trying to make this process really accessible for all kinds of businesses. Not just big businesses, which have lots of resources to spend on it, but but small businesses and even solopreneurs. Um, But I think the biggest takeaway for me was that it's never too early to start. The B Corp movement is about a new way of doing business. And even if you aren't ready to actually start the certification process, there's so much that all of us can do right now to build more sustainable, resilient businesses that benefit our planet and and our communities. If you're interested in joining Jen's group coaching program, or if you just want to know more about the B Corp certification, then there's links to Jen's website and also to join this program, which starts in Q2 2023 in the show notes. Next week, I'm going to be talking about purposeful parenting. And I can't deny that that episode shook me a little bit. So you might want to have a notebook as well as some cookies ready. And you'll hear from me then. Bye now.